Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Now we get to talk about the topic that everybody has been waiting on. Everybody's so excited about this topic. Let's talk about the finance of the church plant. No, I don't want to talk about finance. I don't blame you. (laughs) I wish wish we wouldn't even cut. Can we just do mission without funding? (laughs) No. (laughs) Let's be honest. We live in a world that it's going to take. It's going to take finances. I mean, regardless if you are going into the park to feed or you're going into uh, maybe a community room or something like that, uh, it's going to take finances. Sure. I mean, it's going to take finances. If you go to a park, you usually have to rent out a shelter space unless one's been gifted to you. If you're going to feed folks, it's going to take finances unless you've got a lot of people that are going to gather together to help donate money, you know, or Mm -hmm. donate food. So, I mean, it's going to take finances. So, I mean, this is that topic that nobody wants to talk about. I'd a lot rather talk about something else than finance. But nevertheless, Mm. it's, I mean, this is legitimately, this is, I think, one of the biggest issues in the church plant is the finance of of how it's going to actually be funded. You know, the old KFC model, keep funding the church. So, <laughs> so you know, let's look. Uh, let's, let's just dive into this today. Uh, I know that you're going to pull out some examples from the modern mo- models of it, and you're going to look back at the first century model as well. But at the end of the day, guys, uh, this goes into – it's very important. Uh, this is something that will be talked about with your team that you will sit down in great detail about. I mean, some of the other things that we've talked about up to this point have been a lot of fun things to talk to about the team, but this is that thing that's kind of up in everybody's business, the finance part. So, and Hey, you may have uh, churches that uh, send money for donation uh, to help you out on part of their missions program, which thank God for that, man, how wonderful that truly is, is that uh, some, some churches can get behind and can send support to help out to see the fervorment of the gospel of Christ go forward. They catch the vision that God has given and they're ready to help. Man, that's wonderful. But does that always happen? No, it don't always happen. But sometimes it does happen, and that's always a blessing. So, brother, brother, <laughs> let's, dump, let's jump in, buddy. Let's dive right in. Well, Anthony, according to um, several studies with from the NAM, that's the North American Mission Board and uh, the, the Pew Research Group, there's a lot of data uh, about church planting and uh, over the last uh, couple of decades, and um the, the statistics are alarming, and I'm, don't turn this off if you're planning on a church plant or praying about it <laughs> Finances. at this point, because what I'm about to say may scare you a little bit, but it's very true. We've been involved in five, my family and I, five different church plants, and um, they've, they've all been, if you've seen one church plant, you've experienced one church plant. That is the rule. If you've been to one church, you've experienced one church. No matter the denomination, it's all different nuances and different communities and different cultures and different challenges. Same gospel, same word, same Savior, but the diversity of humanity is very real. 
So, uh, um, here's some, some, a couple of statistics that are alarming between 50 and 80%, depending on the geographic area of new church plants will close the doors within the first five years, 80 up to 80% of new churches will close within their first five years. I can see why somebody would turn off the podcast. Yeah. Don't turn it off. Wait, but wait, (laughs) not yet. Okay. But I want to share some other news with you and North American mission board has done their own study and of churches that have embraced these two things, because if you if you go back to the 80 percent, the the results of the survey say that there's two key reasons that the churches don't don't make it right, that they're closing. One is funding. The other is leadership, core team training and readiness. And so that's what we focused up to this point a lot on the core team. A lot on 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 Christian leadership, a lot on leadership development and readiness there. That's why Jesus spent three and a half years with the disciples before he released them into the wild of ministry is because he wanted to focus on developing them before he deployed them. And so thus and hence, so so many of us church planters are gung ho and we think we know things and we're just got all the plans to save the world. And guess what? You ain't you ain't as ready as you think you are. And so many times we just jump out there without maybe having the preparatory uh, 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 season uh, that we should and could embrace the preparation guys do not minimize the preparation of leadership development but then the second part of the reason they failed or they closed their doors is inappropriate funding now let's go back to the to the to the um, survey done by the north american mission board that says that that 80 percent success rate versus an 80 percent failure rate post five years if the leadership team of that church does two things. They have a sustainability plan for funding. One, not in any particular order. Two, they've embraced development of their leadership core team to be able to, to uh, sustain the infrastructure, the leadership infrastructure of the church. So two things, leadership development and a sustainability plan past the first few years 80 percent success rate versus 80 percent failure rate those two things are the differentiators <sighs> <laughs> this is tough i mean uh, you know and my mind goes back so let's just let's just have a real conversation here all right uh the lord's laid it upon my heart to be a church planner and to go into a community and plant and I have taken everything up to this point. I have, the Lord has blessed me with a good core team. We've had leadership development classes. We've done this. We've done that. But at the end of the day, I don't have any money. Mm. I don't have. I don't have any money. But I mean, my heart's burning for the community. My heart's just on fire. What do I do? Well, there's there's three predominant models of funding. Okay, so one. You're, you're, you could have a sending church or a sending denomination that, that takes you under their wing and says, we will fund your path. We will give you money to sustain you. Now, every sending church or every sending denomination that I've ever seen will not say, we will fund you into perpetuity. 
we will just keep paying your bills forever and ever. <laughs> That'd be nice. Because they're going to say, they're going to say, and, and rightly so, yeah. you know, guys, here's what we'll do. We'll give you this much money for three years while you, while you get on your feet. And then so many church planters jump on that funding. And then what happens is that, that post that three years, what are we going to do? Yeah. All right. So the next one is, is you could, you could start fundraising yourself and, mm-hmm. and with, with, you know, raising money to, to launch. The third is, is the one that we've been involved in so much through the years. And that is bivocational. And Anthony, I'll just say this, that every church plant that we have launched, uh, we, one of them, we had a small donation of $500. Uh, but every plant out of the five, that we've been involved in and four are open. So that's 80%. That's ironically the same as NAM. Four are still open uh, and running post five years. So so the we've done all five without that $500 donation with zero seed money to plant the church. Zero sending money. Now, thank God we've had some churches donate out of the goodness of their heart to some of the feeding ministry we do. And that's their missions work, right? So it's not the, to sustain our core. And we actually communicate that transparently to the churches that do give to us is, Hey, your giving is going towards feeding the poor. It's not going towards sustaining our infrastructure. Do you still want to give? Because you just need to understand that our core is taken care of uh, because we, we, we have, and there's a lot to be said about that, that bivocational model. I'm going to call it more of a co-vocational model so that we're collectively funding the church with a, with our core teams, essentially the core teams tithe in the beginning. So, uh, those are the three models, Anthony sent being sent. And there's some nuances for each of these. And I, I would love for us to kind of dig into some of the nuances of, and, and, and challenges of being sent by ascending church. And then some of the nuances and challenges of raising funds, and then some of the nuances and challenges of the bivocational model. <sighs> I know I take a deep breath every time it comes back to me, but I think this is one of the this is I think this is one of the hardest topics <clears throat> to talk about. Uh, I will say this, and it's it's really important what Jamie said there, the bivocational part of it. Uh, and I, and I want to back up and I want to say this too. If, if God has given the vision, God will make provision. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want that to be laid Always. out there because God Always. will make a way. It, hey, he is the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. Just be sure God gave the vision. Exactly. And you'll know real quick. <laughs> you'll know quick. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's, that's, uh, that's stepping out in a lot of faith too. I mean, that's taking a lot of faith. This bivocational model, that's really awesome. And that's really cool. Uh, most church plants that get started out are going to come up this way that the pastor, whoever's the leader of that church, most likely will have another career and they will they will pour their money into that. And then the core team that comes on board will pour their money into that as well. Their tithe, because uh, let's be 100 percent honest, if you're getting kicked off and you're coming into a new community mm-hmm. and you're setting up, you're not going to have thousand uh, dollar tithe payers normally that just show up day right, one right. and take off and say hey here we go there's going to be a lot of Sundays you may have a collection plate out you may want to and this goes into a different types of models as well you may go a traditional route to where at some point in the service you pass an offering plate around and you say you know this is to help the upkeep of the ministry to keep the church funded to keep us moving uh, you may just set a bucket in the back of the church and just right on there tithes and offerings give as you would Mm -hmm. uh 
don't be surprised mm-hmm. if at the end of service you go and you look in the bucket and it's dry yep. or you find garbage put in the bucket. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be 100% honest. Yep. I mean, this is, this is reality, guys. That's true. This is, a, this is a harsh reality, but you wanted to talk more about the being sent yeah, and yeah. how so, truly so wonderful that is. As you dive into that, Anthony, uh, I just want to caveat what we're talking about here. Uh, so we're not necessarily going to be promoting one model no, over another model. No, 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 no. Uh, what we're doing is just sharing nuances to each model yep. and challenges that are just very real just to be aware of. So we're not trying to lean you towards one model or the other. No, no, no. We're just saying that, that you know, and Anthony, the question, just a question for you as we go in and, and maybe for all of the, all the listeners as well. I don't answer. When questions. Jesus <laughs> surprise <laughs> quiz, when Jesus sent the disciples out, mm, take he, nothing with you. He asked them to take how much money? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> don't take any. Matter of fact, he said, leave your money at home. Yeah. Leave it there. That's he, so true. He, don't take anything. He did not want them depending on the purse. That's right. He wanted them to depend on the spirit. True, buddy. Then that's getting into the faith aspect of it right there. Yeah. That's that true faith right there. That's that's that as you like to say, that's that big boy faith. Big boy faith. <laughs> that's that big boy yeah. faith. Yeah. I mean wow. and, and guys, as we're thinking about being sent of God, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the model we're promoting. No, goodness. But no, what no, we no. are saying is that it's a radical change in the mindset no. of humanity that you have to have these certain things before mission can be successful. Yeah. Guys. Don't sit and wait for a certain amount of money before you think you can do mission. Mission is not expensive. Mission is not expensive, except for the price that was paid on Calvary, which is the biggest price ever paid for mission. And so guess what, guys? Right now, as you sit in your car or listen to your phone, your mission is funded. Yeah. It is funded. By the blood of the the Lamb. of the lamb. Amen. Buddy. So you, you mentioned scent. Scent. Yeah. I, I, go ahead and dive into it, buddy. <clears throat> so some nuances, some nuances of being yeah. sent. And so I, I think that this is where ascending church will say, Hey, you want to be a missionary and yeah. go out there and plant a church? We will send you. A lot of churches have this set up. They mm-hmm. have a mission department. They yep. have mission funds set aside. And I mean, let's be 100% honest. The goal of the church is to send. Multiply. Yeah, to multiply. It's not to set. It's to send. Mm-hmm. If your church's model is to set, you may want to back up and relook at the model. <laughs> No, yeah, and, and I think some of the some of the nuances of this this being sent, even this is the goal and the 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 focus of what the church should be focused on is multiplication and sending, and That's not right. just growing in one location. Yep. So, what are some positives here? Well, obviously they they've got a, a bucket of funding for you, yep. right? And they're going to write you a check or send you a period of checks over a period of months and, and hey, years. Thank God for that, man. Thank God what for a blessing. It. What that's that's a, a there's a difference between a mission minded church right. and a non mission minded church. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is a mission minded church that yes. understands it's not about them. It's not about how big that church gets. It's right. about getting the gospel out there. And, and the be- the beauty of that is is that the, that's the that's the positive, right? Yeah. So, what are some of the nuances and challenges of of this this model? Mm. Well, typically, when a human does something for another human, <laughs> oh, I know you're going to start. The out one with that. human thinks it has an expectation that they the do. other human is going to do things the way that they expect it to be done. So very true. And so, the caution before you accept, cool. right? Before, as a church planter, before you accept it, yeah. 
sit down with the leadership team and understand, can I, do I have the latitude to do ministry in my context of my community without your legislation upon the way that I actually do ministry here? Because if you, if your funding for this work is dependent on me doing things your way, then I would rather you keep your money for, for your own mission work and we'll just go do it a different way. So I have a question for you. Let's back up just a minute. Let's pull another podcast in here. If you truly are at a sending church, does the sending church need to be part of the core team conversations, part of the core team uh, financials, everything that way that they know what's going on. They're hundred percent on board. They know what's happening. Is that a good idea? Bad idea? Well, that's a good question. So I think that, that it, it could be good. It can be bad. It depends on the situation and the people. But I think that that if you're ascending church, that's exactly what you are. You're a sender. You're yeah. not a. You're not going. You're, yeah. you're you're sending. So you're if there's a if there's a some funding being shared, then there's a, a trust mechanism there. So I think yeah. that the those whom are being sent should be transparent in in the the, the financial model. So this is another key in, in finance, guys. Be as transparent as you. Yeah, just it is what it is. There's yeah. nothing to hide, nothing to. So be organized and be transparent with your sending church so that they know where the funds are going. And um, and don't 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 try to keep them out. But at, at the end of the day, if you're sending church, you're sending them. You ain't going with them so you can legislate what they do. And so if you're a part of the core team, what you are is you're showing up at the core team saying we support you. We pray for you. You do ministry in your context. We're going to send you. We're going to fund you as long as we possibly can. And it's a spirit, right? If it's a spirit of lordship and oversight and supervision, then run as fast as you can (laughs) because they're going to legislate you into the tombs. Yeah. And at the same time, if you are part of a church that has been sent, be be a good steward with what the Lord has blessed you with. And do not base your model on that amount of finance that comes in every single month or however often you get that influx. Do not base it on a guarantee that those funds will always be there. That is a that is an upstart. That's a way to get your yeah. feet on the ground. Do not just say, this is how we're funded. Let's move. Let's roll. Yes. Don't count on it going forward. Exactly. You have to have, whether you're a new business or a new church, there's going to be seed money for a new business. Don't plan on that seed money being there in two years, three years. That's Don't right. plan on it. Yep. So if you can't create a sustainability model, then, then you know, really consider your your time of starting. So what that means is, is that on the on the upfront, here's one, another one of the downside of, of of both being sent and raising your own funds. Let's suppose that this church and there's one organization I know they give a hundred thousand dollars for a plant, which is great. I love it. Mm. What I've read that a lot of planters do is they take that hundred thousand dollars and they spend it on platforms mm. and websites and oh, wow. and 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 on this huge robust launch. Yeah. So they've got like. $14 left in the account to make oh. it through the period of the three years. But, but they've spent that seed money up front thinking that, Oh, we're just going to build this stuff and spend this hundred thousand dollars. And then the people just going to show up. So I think that, uh, uh, if, if we think about this being good stewards, knowing that mission doesn't cost a lot of money. Yeah. No, no, never. And I want to challenge you here. You don't have to be cheap in the way that you do your work. You can be excellent 
and frugal at the same time. Yeah. Now, this is a tension. This is a point of contention to a lot of folks. You cannot spend a lot of money, but still do something with excellence and be a good steward. To, to just throw money at, at something thinking because I spent a lot of money, it's going to be excellent. It's a farce. It's yeah. not true. Very much. So so another one of the, the shadow sides, let's call it that, a shadow side of being sent is not planning for like just exactly the way you brought that up, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, past that three year that that three year mark yeah so be very very conscious of what where the funds are going uh, another thing don't be afraid to utilize free platforms that are out there yeah. facebook uh instagram twitter whatever it may be mm-hmm. to get your get the message out there that this is going on hey don't be afraid to just print off some flyers and hang hand them out hang you know have those uh don't and don't uh, well there's a lot that can be said here <laughs> <laughs> be frugal be be cognizant of the funds know where the funds are going be a good steward with what the lord has blessed you with in a sent church mm-hmm. so you ready to move on to the next part sure, of this yep. let's talk about the raising funds part so we talked about the model of the being sent now let's talk about the model of the raising funds so this one can be difficult as well, the raising funds. Get the message out there. See, you know, hopefully somebody will support the vision. Maybe you can have bake sales or something in parks. Maybe you can set up and do something. Mm-hmm. But what are we really looking at? Because, I mean, we can only go so far with a bake sale. But what are we talking about when we're talking about raising funds? Well, I mean, another model in, in, in funding a church plant is waiting until you have enough money to do it. Very much. You know, there's one send church planters once we have $30,000 in the account. Yeah. And they're just raising funds and says, okay. And and listen, it's been a decade. It was a decade of raising funds, and they didn't have $30,000 in the yeah. account. So then what happens is you you, you, you go a decade, and, and you still don't have. And, I, and that's probably... And I'm going to caveat this. That dollar amount, I don't know if that's – it was thousands, right, several thousand dollars. Sure. And um, over that period of time, nobody was sent yeah. using those using those funds. And so, therefore, if, if, if Jesus would have said, okay, I'm going to send you guys, disciples, want you guys raise enough money. <laughs> so Peter, well, James, uh, and John, go sell some bread, fish, fish yeah. until – you know, here's what we can do. We can, we can have a miracle. Yeah. And then we'll we'll sell fish and loaves until hey. <laughs> until we have enough money. Popcorn, is, ice cream, here you go. Yeah. yeah and, but 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 the beauty is is that is that um there's a there's a bright side of this because so many people's gonna be on board with you yeah. and, and wanna support you and wanna help you. You know, we, we mentioned one of our first church plants and I appreciate the uh, Church of God Mountain Assembly, for example. Uh um our our general overseer sent us um it was uh, uh, like a whole sound system and microphones, yeah. and and there's so many benefits to sharing that awareness mm-hmm. to say, hey, we're doing this. We'd love your support, uh, but here's the mindset: if you waiting for someone to support you before you go, yeah, you're going to keep waiting sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes remember what we said in the being sent. At times when people do quote air quotes favors for you. They may have something, an expectation in return. So be careful about favors for, you know, because, you know, make sure that there's no strings attached to any, any funding and donations, yeah. because what, what happens is, is people may expect a favor or you to do things their way. Just know that going into it. Uh, but most people, 
that are going to be supporting your church and your your mission are not going to have that mindset. But just be aware that some will. Yeah. And it, maybe it's a minority, but just, you know, just be be aware and, and, and cognizant of that one thing. I think it's important also that don't automatically shoot for the moon in this aspect either. There's nothing wrong with sitting in the park for two or three years. Yep. There's nothing wrong with going to a community center for three or four years and letting the gospel go out that way. Hey, what it does is it gets the message out. Mm-hmm. You're on mission, mm-hmm. and you're on mission at a very low funding level. Mm-hmm. And you're not having to have, you don't have to worry about all these electric bills, water bills. You ain't got nothing like that. You're not having to worry about any any huge purchases mm-hmm. minus what maybe it may cost just to rent a little building, which may not be more than, my goodness, it may be 20 bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. A- a- at some point, they may be like, you know, we ain't even got it rented out. You can just, ha- you can use it for that time. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 think that it has to be yeah. uh, rainbow sunshine and unicorns right off the bat. You don't have to be in a fifteen thousand square foot Absolutely. church building with a twenty foot tall steeple mm-hmm. right off the bat. Because the good thing about the gospel mm-hmm. is the gospel will go forth, yeah, and it'll it'll change lives. And it doesn't have to do that inside of a big huge building because the church lives with us. We are the church. Mm. So don't think it has to be. The mega church don't have a mega church mindset model as far as building is concerned, because understand that the church is the people, not the building. Mm. What what powerful mm. words, Anthony? And those, you know, that's that's counterculture for for, for today. Much. We we live in a mega church culture, and that's yeah. not a knock on mega churches, but not at all. I, no. I will tell you, Craig Groeschel is an example of this, and and his leadership at Life Church, and um, you know where they started. Yeah. You know, that ministry started very in very lowly Absolutely. You know, garage. Sure, yeah. And I saw pictures he shared a while back and, and they were in a garage. Yep. And and so I think that uh so many times and that was cheap for him, yeah. right? The garage was cheap. Yep. And, and I think that um our, our our we look at other people's success oh, and their crowds and their the Facebook their model. Cathed- the Facebook right <laughs> that's what you see it's true. is the face yeah you don't get to see the struggle behind right. the face it's and so I think true. you know with that you know just be aware that 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 humble beginnings don't despise those no hey and those are awesome those are your roots those will be your greatest <laughs> yeah. memories one of our church plants Anthony um, in in Mount Vernon mm. right. Uh, I just you know, I just heard this last week. I want to share this in in, in Mount Vernon, which was our I was plant number three that we were involved in, and uh, it's in Kentucky, Central Kentucky, south of Lexington, and uh, we we planted in an old pawn shop that had <laughs> yeah. that had a um, it had a safe in the back. Yep. And I remember some of my fondest memories was having Sunday school in the safe. Oh yeah. Right. To, to be able to have the kids, obviously we took the lock off so it couldn't be latched, <laughs> but this huge door and the kids loved it. And oh, we yeah. just embraced the whole concept and, and it was a blast. The first, what, two years at journey, uh, essentially in, in Monticello, which is our, our plant we're in now. And we spent the first couple years at a park and it That's was right. awesome, yep. you know, and, uh, and some of those little rooms that we would rent and, yeah. and, and it was just, those are some of our fondest memories. Yeah. The hardest it, part of that was just keeping everybody up to date on where we were going to yeah, be that week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where we're going to be. Now that's a challenge. There's a shadow a side challenge. of that too. Yeah, there was, there yeah. is a, there's a shadow side of that. There's yeah. challenges. 
you know, and I'm thinking about back in the, you know, and, and I'm thinking like Peyton Jones, for example, mm-hmm. uh, is Peyton Jones, a church planter on the West Coast. Uh, and actually he planted some in, in, in uh, um, England and Great Britain as well. And Peyton, um, his plants have predominantly been like in coffee shops. There was mm-hmm. one he planted out of Starbucks or basically. And so he started the Bible study in Starbucks and it just evolved over time into, into a missional, missional, missional church plant. And uh, the, the beauty of that is, is that, is that guys, again, mission, mission is not expensive, right? You know, the price is paid on Calvary. And so Jesus sent the disciples out. Just another reminder. He said, don't take any money. He specifically called that out. Mm -hmm. Don't take any money. Right. Because he wanted them to focus on, on, on faith and, and the spirit and versus how much money they had in their purse. Pretty awesome. So that brings us to our last model. And this is the bivocational model. Mm. Which is probably one of the, I like it. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this one's a really cool model. But like I said, we're not selling one model over another. Yeah. But I like the bivocational model, the, the model to where basically the tithes of the team are right. what come in to basically fund the, mm-hmm. the church. Right. Does that mean that uh, you're going to have a bunch of team members that pay big tithes? No, nope. not in any way, shape, or form. Nope. But I, I love there's an overarching theme that Jamie keeps bringing up here, and that's the cost of mission. Mission will cost you something, but it does not really have to be involved with money Ooh. as much as it is with what it's actually costing you, and that's uh, getting your crazy self out the way and letting God have his way. But uh, this Mm -hmm. bivocational model, I think it's pretty cool. I think that's pretty neat. And I think that it's, uh, like I said, with a vision, God always gives provision. Mm. Submission may not cost you economically as much. Oh, I agree. But it will cost your ego a lot. Oh, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Yes, sir. It surely will. (laughs) That's an Anthony quote. I'm taking that away from this. That's powerful. It definitely will cost you that. (laughs) So that's... I, that, I guess that could be if we if you want to talk about cost. I think that's in church plant on my. What's aspect. the biggest cost of church planting? <laughs> yeah, the biggest cost is getting self out of the way, Ooh. the pride part of it. Because mm. you talk about humbling. Oh, and I know we're supposed to be talking about bivocational. That's part. okay. We're going to get there. But I mean, let's be honest. I I feel like the hardest thing in the church plant, even, and I'm, I thank God for a team that listens to our concerns Mm -hmm. because i think this is something that every one of us the biggest cost that i see is that uncomfortable aspect Mm -hmm. because i i'm gonna be i'll be 100 percent honest with you i hate knocking on doors i hate it i hate going to somebody's door and knocking on it oh my goodness i despise going over and pushing grocery carts and talking to people like that it's it's totally uncomfortable and it costs so very much and it let's be honest it lays heavy yeah is it rewarding absolutely Mm -hmm. my goodness when the spirit takes control man Mm -hmm. you forget all about knocking on that first door Mm -hmm. and it's like that first door breaks it and you're like after that you're like oh let's go to the next one let's go do this let's do this let's let's go but the biggest cost it definitely is Mm. it's the self aspect of it the biggest cost not financially Mm. but it's a spiritual cost. It's a spiritual war because mm-hmm. it's it's outside of our comfort zone. The uncomfortable aspect of church planning, the uncomfortable aspect of mission, mm-hmm. 
It's uncomfortable. But we can get back to Bible. So church planting costs less cash, <laughs> less cash, more comfort. I believe that from my, and that's from my perspective and not everyone would feel that way. Well, I think if you ask the disciples that had oh. no, had no cash and no comfort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no joke. But they, what they had the most of was yeah. Christ. Amen. That's the three C's. That's right. No cash. Yeah. No comfort. All Christ. <laughs> you need to write that down. That's pretty good. <laughs> the three C's. We're iterating. We're, we're alliterating here. Okay. Like so it. let's dive into Bible case. Write that and, down in our notes. And, Don't uh, lose that. Okay. You write it down while I talk about this. That's a, that's actually really good. It was good. Um, but, but, Okay, bivocational, or let's call it co-vocational, because you know we we support it's 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 co- cash, comfort, and Christ. That's so. You, I saw you. I saw you thinking there. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to back up real quick and and just caveat what we're about what we're about to talk about, because in in the sent model or the raising funds model, oftentimes the sending church or organization will actually supply the leader or the pastor with a salary for the first three years, four years ish, you know, different, different groups have different time frames, And, um, so the shadow side of all that is that they, they, the church plant team or the pastor will plan on that base his or her economics around that salary that's being sent. And then post the three years, there will be words like, well, God will take care of us. The church will be so big by then, we'll just, we'll just be fine. And guess what? What if, what if the church doesn't grow in, in, in financially? Because many times it won't. It'll grow numerically, but not financially. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what if, what, you know, so is the sustainability plan of counting on that salary. So bivocational. Bivocational. Anthony, um, the history of bivocational church planting started with the Apostle Paul. Sure. We could do a whole five episodes on bivocational. I will try to do my best to summarize it, but bivocational started with the Apostle Paul. He actually said, Paul did. He said these words, and I'm not going to quote him. I'm going to paraphrase him. Is He said, I don't want to be a burden to the churches, so I'm going to take care of financing my mission. Yeah. He said those words. To not be a burden for the churches, I'm going to make tents wherever I go, and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take my business that I've created, and I'm going to go and I'm going to fund the work in the ministry. Now, do you think that took a little extra grit for Paul to do? Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. But but Paul was like, "Hey guys, I know you can fund me, but you need to use that in your church and your community. So I'm going to take care of this mission." And <laughs> yeah. he said, "Let me handle it." You know, you know, I'll just I'll just put a little extra work in and we'll do it. And in and, and the history of bivocational church planting started with Paul. And can I tell you where where it sort of started fading away? I think I know. It's when Christianity was legalized in Rome. Yeah. Right. When Rome finally stopped persecuting Christians and when Christianity became a part of the government, mm. then all of a sudden the Roman culture started this vocational pastor. I'm not saying vocational pastors bad. Not at I'm all. I'm just I'm just no. I'm saying that this is history. Yeah. This is this is facts. It cannot be disputed. When Rome legalized Christianity, the vocational pastor emerged, started emerging from that context. So um some of the Roman tradition was looped in at that point. And then over the years, there were, there were ebbs and flows of bivocational throughout church history. And then even, even it comes today, 
And guys, I want to encourage you. If you're a full-time pastor, God bless you. We pray for you. And, and I Absolutely. love you. And I thank yes. you for your service. Yes. But I also want to say, if you're a bivocational leader, yep. church leader today, I love you and I pray for you. And I Amen. Thank you. And, and here's what I'm saying is that do not minimize your ministry. I remember Anthony in the early years of my church planting, my goal as a church planter, you know, in, in my personal goal for me personally was that we grow this church to the size that I can be full time in the ministry. Yeah. Until God scathed me for that. Yeah. Until I, until he, 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 he ripped me of my ego and my dignity of my, of my own personal aspirations. And then he, he let me know, Jamie, it's not about you being full time. It's about my kingdom going forth. Yeah. And then, um, and it was a mindset shift that I had to kind of uh, uh, adapt to. But, but it wasn't about me being full time. So if you're planting a church today, and your goal, and that's what your aspiration is, I'm not saying it's a bad aspiration. What I am saying is that don't judge your success in ministry to whether you're full-time or bivocational. Ministry is ministry, and it's a different way to fund it. And so, um, you know, so don't minimize your ministry, and don't think that you, because you're not full, quote-unquote full-time in the ministry, you are full-time in the ministry. There is no, it's what I love about bivocational ministry, Anthony, is there's no such thing. If you're a believer and a minister of the gospel, there's no such thing as anything being secular in your life well he holds a secular job nope he does not he's a bus driver that's a secular job no that is not a secular job whatsoever your hand find to do do it heartily as unto the lord that job that bus driver that's also a pastor yep. that's his platform for ministry he's mm -hmm. preaching all day long yep well he's a he's a teacher that's not no 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 he is a missionary being sent into the marketplace for the purpose of the gospel. And every chance he gets to preach, he will, I promise. And let's go back to Paul. Let's circle all this back to Paul, the Apostle Paul. Um, the beauty of this is that Paul went to Corinth. He was in the marketplace. I could see like a flea market setting, all the market, everybody's around. And he sets up his little tent booth. And there he is working on tents and mending tents. Everybody's bringing the junk tents to him to fix. And he's fixing them. And he looks across the way and he sees another tent shop. <laughs> and there's a married couple there that had just out-migrated, had just been kicked out because, of, because they were Christians. And they had just been kicked out of the town that they had lived in all their lives. And they were new migrants, new movers. There were new movers. Church planters, get the new movers. So these are new movers into Corinth. And they were coming in refuges, refugees, Christians. So they set up their little shop. So there Paul was, new to town. There, uh, there uh, you had these, these two individuals. And what were their names, Anthony? Priscilla and Aquila. Yep. They were there. <laughs> they were there sitting at their tent. And then Paul goes over and he introduces, Hey, I'm, I'm Paul. And hey, you're a tent maker too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what happened? Because he oh, was man. in the marketplace, because he was integrated into the, one of the, one of the great parts of bivocational is you don't get to sit in an office and wait for people to come to your church. You have to be you're forced to be integrated into the community. And the beauty of that is sometimes I begrudged that early on. Mm -hmm. 
Until then, I embraced that and said, bless God, I get to, I get to emerge myself into this community and mm-hmm. take part in it. Well, then what happened is, is he developed a relationship with these two individuals, and the church at Corinth was blossomed. It started in their home. He started the Bible study with those two in their home, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. Yeah. Guess how much funding he had? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero. It didn't cost him anything but his comfort. But yeah. at the end of the day, Paul writes the letter back to Corinth in First and Second Corinthians, and he mentions these two individuals as leading that church and that work. Yeah, it all started with three individuals together in the marketplace, serving together, working together. So it's beautiful how that story just comes to fruition. Amen. So a tough podcast, <laughs> fun, and once we got into it. But, I mean, it's something that you need to be very aware of starting out. And I know it feels like I'm cutting it short, but, I mean, there's we could really spend days upon mm-hmm. this. Yep. The biggest thing is regardless of whatever model it looks like, regardless of how you approach your team, remember, guys, mission is it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it, the mission. Christ paid the cost, the price for the mission. He paid the price. And it's going to cost you your comfort. Mm-hmm. So I love the mm-hmm. no cash, <laughs> no comfort, all Christ. <laughs> we did make note of that because that's pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, how, how truly blessed that we are, that the Lord would move upon us, mm-hmm. that we would be able to go out and plant a church for his glory and for his honor. Mm-hmm. And I always go back and say this, if only one came to salvation right. wouldn't it be worth it yeah, be worth ever it'd be every worth one day. yeah Anthony, i've got one more note to share before we close up shop here and and that is uh, another another encouraging thing about bivocational ministry is especially in church planting is it causes you as that as a leader to have to rely on a team now some of the sent models it, you know there's great great parts of that because you have funding and you mm. have support one of the challenges to that is that it could become it could, it could, the funding is for that one person's salary or whatever. So then all the work is done by that one person potentially. And so be careful that not one person is doing the work and, and all that. But what bivocational forces you to do because you have to work your schedule, you know, you're working from nine to five or whatever your schedule is. So you you're forced to have to depend on a team to, to do the thing. So, a lot of us that are leaders struggle with delegation and sharing duties and and trusting other people to partake and do part of it. That's what we struggle with as leaders. Many of us do. Most of us do. Anthony's shaking his head because yeah. he's a leader in the marketplace and yeah. he understands this. But, but bivocational ministry forces you to have to share the role and response. What that does is that gives other people a platform for ministry. It gives them a an opportunity to serve and experience the g- grace and the power of God in their ministry and their life. And it's less about one person that's on the top of the pedestal, and it's more about the team around the table. And and that's it forces you that way, which is a good thing because mo- most of us don't naturally gravitate towards that way, especially in ministry. Um, and and so just wanted to call that out. As another pro to bivocational. Now we share we share pros and cons for the other two models. We didn't share any cons for bivocational. <laughs> so, so let me share a con with you. If you're not careful, 
you will burn yourself to a crisp. Yeah. You will burn out. You will be exhausted and discouraged yeah. mm-hmm. because, because you're going and you're working your day job. And then you're working in the evening on your, on your church plant and you're planning and you're meeting and you're ministering and you're serving. And then if you don't see fruit from that, after all that, and you're putting uh-huh. in, you're putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You definitely get weary and well doing. You'll get weary and well doing. Yep. And, and so, um, guard your time, guard your schedule, guard your heart yes. from, because it will be broken, but guard the mending of your heart. Yeah. It's mending hearts that are, that, that are the, the mission is, is mend is, it has to be done from a mended heart. And then don't get, don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. Uh, uh, but then, uh, keep in mind, um, what, what you're focused on and, and, Always, always look to your team to share the responsibility and to carry the weight. And be sure that you defined success, mm-hmm. as we talked about in an earlier yep. podcast, yep. 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 because you'll get discouraged if not. So we had to share a shadow side to that one, too, just like we did the others <laughs> to make it fair. And uh, Anthony, I'll pass it over to you. Hey, I'm 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 ready to wrap up, man. Uh, a great conversation today. Enjoyed it. Remember to keep your eyes on God. Remember, with the vision, God will give provision, whatever that may look like. Don't think it has to be some big American idea model of uh, the big bright church <laughs> sitting on the side of the road. If it has to start out small and it runs small for years to come, remember it's worth the one. God bless you all. We love you. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.